Hello, I'm Izzy Wells and you're listening to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Now on today's episode of Hot Stuff, I'm joined again by Ivy Chan, who was the recipe developer and co-writer of Taiwanese cookbook Made in Taiwan, Recipes and Stories from the Island Nation. Now since part one of our interview came out last week, Made in Taiwan has actually been named as one of the top cookbooks of 2023 by the New York Times. So congratulations to Ivy and Clarissa and the rest of their team. Now in today's episode, Ivy's going to take us even deeper into the book. How is Taiwanese cuisine different from Chinese cuisine? The influence that colonization by various powers has had on food here. And also how Ivy got very innovative with some of her recipes to suit it to an international audience. All this and more coming up. Let's go on then a bit more about the research behind the book and, and the collaboration. So mm. you know, we've mentioned about how this book was written with Clarissa. Mm. What was the collaboration process like between the two of you? Okay, well, um, she made the outline of the recipe and I give the idea, some suggestion what the recipe should be and how they can present the Taiwan. So we changed a couple of things after discussion from original outline. And there's also other research and collaboration that goes on, not just, you know, outside of the two of you. Mm. Um, I know you also were in contact with other people in, mm. in like the food scene here. Mm. What can you tell me a bit more about the, the other collaborations that you're the research that you did to get your dishes right? Okay, yeah. So for like, we do two parts. Carissa interview a couple of chefs or like elderly, some grandmom from their family secret recipe. And I do interview or go to try many dishes in many different shops. Mm-hmm. So for example, beef soup in Tainan, I went many shops and taste the differences between the shop soup and then also watch them how they cook and stand there asking questions <laughs> okay, and pretend I'm just a housewife curious uh, about their food. And I just try and take a photo and I go visit many shops make sure all my taste is close to the the real the the flavor Mm -hmm. and of course i put all the flavor together and try to get that one is easy to do and also uh, more professional Mm. Mm. so there was really just so much work work that went into into all of this yeah now i guess we have touched on this a bit about how the book is for an english audience um, my next question was going to be whether there was anything that you had to adapt to make it for the recipes for a global audience or in you know people in in the US. I know I know you touched a bit about on like having the measurements mm. and maybe simplifying things a tiny bit. Was there anything else that you had to try and adapt? Yes, like uh, ingredients can be some difference, even like a ketchup mayonnaise that will be different so we try to adjust that so in the beginning sometimes i use just all taiwan ingredients like taiwan ketchup and (laughs) taiwan mayo and uh, taiwan flour Mm. so especially the book is published in the states 
So we we also try to get some ingredients from the state to taste all the recipe. For example, like uh, flour from mm-hmm. the states and wheat flour and rice flour. So we we make sure they are doable. Mm-hmm. And um, ketchup. When I try Taiwan ketchup, Carissa tastes it. It doesn't taste right because she <laughs> she already used to American ketchup. Right. So then we bought American ketchup and try it again. So we adjust the recipe, the ratio from each every ingredient. Wow. And uh, for mayonnaise, also Taiwan mayonnaise is sweet. Probably you know that. <laughs> and American is a bit saltier. But like uh, because Carissa grew up in California, there's uh, so many Asian immigrants. And they taste like uh, Japanese mayonnaise, QP. So then we adjust the recipe, mayonnaise recipe, based on QP. Mm. So to most people do. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, a lot to think about. Yeah, so many. <laughs> I can, I cannot just cook whatever I like. Right. Okay. I I cook. I live here, but I cannot use all Taiwanese ingredients. That's impossible for American. Right, like all the other country, yeah. but we we try our best to write a note for all the changes. If you are, you know, outside of Taiwan, that's great that you've kind of put in the time to adjust that. Because I do think in the past I've tried because I've I've always loved Asian food and I have tried certain things. But luckily, I live in London. Well, I used to live in London, so there's mm-hmm. quite a few Asian supermarkets. Yes. So you can buy ingredients, but still, you have to find the specific Asian supermarket and try and find the ingredients there. And it can be a little challenging making sure that you have all the right ingredients. So mm-hmm. it's it's great that I guess that you guys did kind of adjust it to make it easier for those for those not in Taiwan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk then about the politics of this book, because it's something that we obviously do have to touch on. And it's very interesting. (laughs) This book does put forward the case that Taiwanese cuisine is its own distinctive cuisine. So I would love for you to share, for those who maybe aren't too sure how that is so, what is the difference or how is Taiwanese cuisine different from Chinese cuisine? Well, I have to say there's a couple of things really like based on Chinese cuisine, but only the southeast part where our ancestors came from. Basically, most of Taiwanese ancestors came from Fujian province and Cantonese province. These two provinces just right across the, the strait mm. of the other part. So the flavor is based on there, also the coastline village. Mm. So Taiwan is an island. So uh, seafood dishes will be very similar. Mm-hmm. Like we we can have very similar catch. And the seasoning also, we try to present the food itself. So it's like either steam or just cook in the water, make a soup. So that's a very simple seafood cooking. And uh, make a Taiwanese different, unique. It's also, we collect a lot of influence from mm-hmm. past centuries from Dutch, from Japan, from a new Chinese nationalist governor. And that's all make Taiwan different. Mm-hmm. And we use local produce. That's particularly important because Taiwan has very 
many places microclimate. <laughs> microclimate that reflects to agriculture is it's available to grow many different type of food in a small area. If you move another small area, the climate change, then you can grow another different type of food. That's a treasure of Taiwan. So based on this, many food change in Taiwan, even they they are rooted in China. So maybe it looks similar, but then the flavor, the taste, the combination ingredients already very different from China. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. And you briefly touched on there as well about the different influences which I think is as well you know just whenever we're talking about like Taiwanese identity really have to speak about those influences from the indigenous people here and the Dutch colonization Chinese colonization Japanese colonization how has that influenced Taiwan's food let's let's talk a little more about those influences yeah earlier Earlier time will be, we talk from Dutch time. Mm. It's 1924, they arrived Taiwan. And in that time, it's called Qing Dynasty. They rule Taiwan, but actually just the west part, not, not the whole Taiwan. And in that time, Taiwan is not well developed, but Dutch to do business. They just do business. Mm. But for business, they need to bring something to help. So they find the Taiwan grow sugar came very well. Mm. Then they brought yellow cow from Indonesia to Taiwan. Mm. Taiwan had buffer from Penghu Island earlier than that, but it's not enough to grow sugar cane in the big scale. So the Dutch brought the yellow cow to Taiwan. And then you need labor. They crew labor from China and then more Chinese immigrants mm. since Dutch time to Taiwan. Before that, it's just some business people coming back and forth between China and Taiwan. They don't stay here a long time. So from that, and Dutch also brought a lot of like vegetable fruits from their trading route, many from Indonesia, like tomato, custard apple, snappy, and many things. And they stay here and continue grow. We still, like the snappy, we still call Dutch bean in Taiwanese language, ah. He Lan Tao. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we still have the name. Oh. Uh, and then after that, uh, there's Spanish, but not strong inference, uh, more like location. It's not about food, but I always like to talk this. Spanish located in north of Taiwan. There's a place northeast Cape called San Diao Ling, San Diao Jiao. And that is translated from San Diego. <laughs> San Diego. San yeah, Diego. That's oh a Taiwan wow. language. Okay, so this is an interesting <laughs> it's a history. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then after that, more recently, is Japanese influence. They occupy here for 50 years. 50 years is really long enough to change a country, mm. uh, including language and uh, culture and food. My parents were educated in Japanese. Mm. So they speak Japanese, they wear mm. kimono, and they they wear the wooden slipper yeah, that wow. way. And then they also teach us very strictly. <laughs> um, and the f- Japanese food inference is very strong, like a miso, particularly in Tainan. Mm. If you go to Tainan, you eat a zongzi as a breakfast, you must order miso soup. Oh. That's a combination, no choice. The shop just sells zongzi really? and the miso soup. You cannot order fishbowl soup, no. 
So that's a very strong Japanese influence in Taiwan. Wow, that's fascinating. And what about the indigenous influence? Indigenous, Mm -hmm. they are a lot. Their influence only appeared until recently to Taiwan cuisine. I have to say that because they are very small population, even they have more than 16 tribes in Taiwan, but only take about less than 10%, five, six percentage only. So in the past time, their culture was ignored or pushed down. Oppressed. Oppressed, yeah, Mm. oppressed, like not recognized so much. But recently, because some produce only grow in indigenous tribe in the, their territory area. So that's impossible that we use the ingredients, right? So for example, quinoa, Taiwan girl quinoa, indigenous uh, species different from Peru. Oh. We have our own quinoa, wow. very tiny, just like you get your pencil, make a dot. Mm. That's our quinoa size. It's very difficult to grow. Wow. Uh, indigenous grow that very long time and they use that and now it's become superfood. People realize mm. quinoa is very healthy and then you can find quinoa in supermarket. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. so that's a recently in- inference, mm. like uh, indigenous ingredient go to Taiwanese life. Now, for those who haven't had a chance to get their hands on a copy of Made in Taiwan yet, how do you think this book contributes to that conversation of celebrating Taiwanese cuisine and really showing that Taiwanese cuisine is its own distinct category? I think simplicity. Uh, Mm -hmm. Taiwan cuisine is very simple. One dish only have like two, three, four ingredients but it's very flavorful. Mm. It's a bracelet. Uh, we have abundant uh, good food, good ingredients here, and it's a small enough country, so delivery is short. Mm. And then so you, we can keep the food very fresh, and that makes it uh, different. I travel many times in China. It just won't be so fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and and I also wanted to briefly touch on actually about Taiwan's like modern day cuisine. And we kind of spoke about how, you know, at the night markets, mm. you might have a dish, but it has something that's kind of got a, a different influence that wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think of like Taiwanese. Would you mm. tell us a bit about maybe some of the dishes that you might be like, oh, how do these two things go together? Well, I have to say Taiwanese are very creative people. It's not just in food, IT as well. (laughs) Taiwanese is smart and we create food like very fast. Bubble tea, how how long bubble tea invented? The pro pro tapioca bowl exists in Taiwan century ago, Mm -hmm. but make a brown color and put in the tea, it's just four decades. And then it's big, already swept to the world. Uh, every country has that crazy about it. So it's become a street food. And then most street food are creative, like a sweet potato bowl. It's a more recently treat in night market. But it's not just a fry a sweet potato bowl. The vendor will ask you, what would you like your sprinkle? Mm. They have six powder, different powder <laughs> sprinkle on over your sweet potato, make it very flavorful, not just sweet. And that including 
curry powder, seaweed powder, and plum powder, and some other cheese powder. So you can have this influence. Yeah. We just like all the international flavor in <laughs> one. I, I love those different influences as well. It makes Chinese food really fun and also very tasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And love to hear about what it was for you in this cookbook. Whether there was anything that that you were particularly proud of. Um, I try to use that not traditional tool to create the dish that is easy to do at home, like a rice noodle dish. It's a look like a udon size, Japanese udon, thick rice noodle.、Mm. And traditionally, we make the the rice batter is a very soft batter. Well, no, like a paste, rice paste, and、uh, we have a special tool with many holes on a. A sheet of metal, and then we spread the rice paste over the like a sheaf, and then the noodle will come up underneath.、Mm. So that tool is become less popular. But this noodle noodle soup is every day can be have a snack, can be for breakfast. So it's important we put this noodle in the book, and for our international audience, I choose potato riser. Ah, so I change the 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 rice paste consistency, make it a bit firmer, so you can go through the potato ricer. Wait, wait, what is a potato ricer? Potato ricer is that like a, a juice squeezer, like a cup shape, and they have a, a like a lid, and the the bottom of the the cup has many hole. If you put your your、uh, rice dough、mm-hmm. in the cup. And then you put the top like a lid,、mm. and you push it. It's almost like a garlic pressure.、Mm. So it's like a huge garlic press.、Uh, okay, that sounds you, handy. You make a mashed potato. You、mm. use the potato ricer,、mm. and then I make my noodle, rice noodle with the potato ricer. Wow, that's very smart. <laughs> smart of you. <laughs> I I thought many times this idea just came up when I created this recipe. Yeah, I really appreciate all the、uh, effort gone into thinking about us foreigners. <laughs> and then let's quickly touch on the feedback and the reception of this book. You know, it hasn't been out for a long couple of months, but it's had a real success so far. And what has the feedback been like that you have received? All the feedback I got mostly from my customer, my students. They came to my class. I keep asking them where they are from and if they heard about the book. And they are all very excited to come to Taiwan and visit me. And、uh, some somehow they 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 think, oh, that can be very difficult to make the dishes. And、uh, when they just got the book, but when they were in my cooking class,、mm. they were so happy. I make things easy because I try to simplify the process. But the most important is I ask everyone to taste all the. Flavor of the ingredients, all the sauces. You need、mm-hmm. to know what the ingredient you use, so you can cook properly and you can season it properly. So then, after everyone tastes the sauce, they feel they are more confident to cook the dish. And so after they taste the food, they are also very happy. So. This is、uh, the feedback I got from、yeah. my guest. I'm gonna have to get enrolled in one of your classes.
And we're coming to the end of our time. So say our listeners, they want to find out more about the book. They want to order a copy or they want to find out more about you. Where should they look? Uh, people can go to S Night in Taiwan or go online, S Night online or book.com online or Amazon. It's a global wide. Um, like my Germany guest already book the book from Amazon and Dutch also they can get from Amazon. So it's available from online or you can come to me. I have a couple of copies at home. So that's okay. <laughs> Wonderful. And what is next for Ivy? Is there anything in the pipeline coming up or that you would like to do in the future? Well, for me, my personally, mm. um, because this Made in Taiwan, this book is like a, like a bait. Mm. Okay, I was saying like a bait for Drawing people. someone Yeah, mm. so to draw attention to uh, from the global to Taiwan. So mm. the people have a basic idea what the Taiwan food is. And then what about our food history and uh, culture, how, what we celebrate. And after this, I think we can go deeper for regional food and uh, growing more different ethnic and more diverse that incorporate in our cuisine. Like uh, more recently in four or five decades, Taiwan has more Western influence, like uh, fast food, French, Italian cuisine, and uh, more recently from South Asia. Mm. We have a lot of Vietnamese restaurant here, and we use that ingredient in our cuisine too. Then we have Thai restaurant more than before. Mm. So we all love it. We embarrass the, the world. So we want to create the new tradition of Taiwanese food. So it's kind of going to be more global dishes. Yeah, well, I can't wait. I will be keeping my eyes peeled for the next things done by you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you too. And thank you for listening to Hot Stuff. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Go and get your copies of Made in Taiwan. And you should enroll in some of Ivy's classes if you're in Taiwan. I certainly will be. So thank you all very much. That's it for me. Bye. Bye.